Couch Potato Radio with Derek Hansen. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, stuff. News, sports, politics, and pop culture. Couch Potato Radio gives you it all. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. And it's a pleasure to have with us again Star Tribune columnist and part of uh, Score North and so many other things. Longtime media personality down the Twin Cities. And we'll talk about Sid coming up, obviously. But Patrick Royce, you had the tweet of the night last night uh, getting a hold of, ironically, 29th anniversary of, of Game 7 in 1991. And with uh, Tampa Bay, the way they lost that one, it could not be more fitting. Well, I actually called Jack. Uh, you know, when I, I don't know if Mookie had hit his double yet or not, but uh, I, I know it, I know when Cash started walking to the mound, I started screaming downstairs, "Don't do this, you idiot!" You know. So anyway, I was very upset, and then I thought, "Okay." And then then we earlier in the day we'd been talking about this being the 29th anniversary of the Jack game, and I said, "Oh God, I got to call Jack." Jack. So I got two numbers. I called the one. He answered right off the bat. And he says, you're the fifth guy to call me in the last five minutes. <laughs> and then he gave me the quotes that I wanted, of course. was the, But he said, Blake Snell, considering the assortment he was throwing, pitched the, was pitching the best ever game I've seen in the World Series, meaning including his, you know, because, you know, nine strikeouts, five and a third innings. So I just sent out a couple of tweets on it. And the first tweet, I had no idea, but it ended up with like 3000 actions on it. I saw this morning, but including it was out there for a while. I got translated into Spanish and uh, one of the Spanish reporters put it into Spanish uh, and I uh, was doing business there too. So uh, I guess the, uh, I guess uh, manager Cash's decision was, uh, was uh, the topic. It finally made the World Series topic A in conversation in Minnesota in uh, in American sports after pretty much being lost in the shuffle. Uh, but everybody was everybody was on this amazing decision by Kevin Cash to hook. Snell after 71 pitches. Well, you know Tom Kelly very well. I mean, I've been around conversations with you and Tom Kelly. And, you know, he used numbers on certain different things. We talk about analytics, but this one has to stop. I mean, this this goes back to it. Rocco's a Tampa Bay guy too, right? This thing that they did with the Twins and Barrios and Medea, yeah. I mean, that, that was ridiculous too. We got to get over this. Well, Maeda was more, uh, it was more, I guess, explainable uh, uh, because he was in the 90s and they thought they wouldn't get another inning out of him. But Jose, no, actually it was Snell had thrown 73 pitches. Jose had thrown 71 pitches. Oh. My trouble with the Barrios thing was you have been waiting for him to show up and be huge in a big game and say, this is our guy, right? This is our guy, because he hasn't handled those moments all that well. And here it was, and you go over to him and pat him on the back after five innings and basically say, I don't have any faith in you. And, uh, you know, they could have gotten seven out of him. They're still not going to win the game with one run. That's what everybody says. Well, you know, okay, but you don't have to – you know, when you take Jose Barrios out of the game and replace, who's at the top of his game and replace him with Cody Stashak, that's a downgrade. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just like, 
you know, Nick Anderson, I love this kid. He's from, you know, he's from down here. Right. He was at Mayville State for a while. Yes. Yeah, so, th- th- so this affects us gratefully here in the KFG listening area. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mayville guy, great guy. One of the great characters of all time. But he has not been good the last two rounds of the playoffs. He's been scored on. He came in last night. He'd been scored on in six straight appearances. And now you're going to bring him in to face Mookie, who's just struck out twice. Against and against now, who's already and and has had a bad year for some reason against left-handed pitching. I I just it made no sense to me. No, not not whatsoever. Well, I I don't know. For me, more than anything, Patrick, I want this to end. I, there's some things yeah. that this this not being able to. How many times have I watched a baseball game? I said this this morning on Joel Heitkamp show. Have you said, oh, they finally got in the bullpen because the starter was, you know, you yeah, know right. And, and this makes no sense to me whatsoever. It, 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 I got, a, I got a new rule. I came up with it yesterday. It occurred to me: you can't take out a starting pitcher before five innings unless he's given up three runs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the man you talked to last night, Jack Morris, would agree because Sparky did that after eleven sometimes. Yeah, you have to. Uh, you have to. Uh, well. So Barkey was called Captain Hook because he'd take a guy out after eight and a third. You know, yeah. so I'm not saying we'll ever go back to the old days, but this is, uh, you know, Dave Roberts is worse than Cash for God's sakes. But uh, uh, you know, at least he'll let Walker Bueller. You know, he wouldn't have taken Walker Bueller out after five and a third the way he was thrown last night. You know, the way Stell was thrown last night. It was just, this ball has got a Real, you know, it's been my game for my whole life. But uh, time of game analytics has ruined the playing of the game. Not only uh, as far as you know, starting pitchers that used to be the stars of the game, and we used to say, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the night game tonight." Gibson's pitching, you know, right? But. Not Kyle, uh, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew who you meant. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but not only that, but just time of game. All these maneuvers take time, and people aren't going to watch. The other night, we had one of the craziest finishes ever. It was great, game four. But it was four hours and ten minutes. Who was still watching? You know? Yeah. That's I, the, you know, four hours and ten minutes to play nine innings. That's not... That's not gonna, you know, involve people. I mean, they just got an issue, and I don't know what the hell they can do about it. Jim Cotta used to have him on the radio. He says they should play seven innings. <laughs> well, <laughs> people, you know, know, what's scary is people like that almost double headers. I mean, and that that's that could be. I just can't imagine that day could come. But you heard a lot of positive uh, response from that this summer. Well, they had no choice because yeah. uh, you know they had all the double headers backed up. But I don't think it's doable. Because the ownership wants, to, if you get rained out on Friday, you don't want to play two games on Saturday at back to back and have one admission, you know, because right. then you got to give everybody their money back. So as long as you have split double headers, you can't play seven inning games, I don't think. So. No, and if they did day night double headers with uh, seven innings, I mean, were they going to cut beer cells off in the fifth inning? Come on. I mean, you're just yeah, getting yeah, going. Yeah, that's the other. Yeah, we had one this year that was 145. But, Ownership is not going to uh, uh, make themselves vulnerable to a Saturday night, a minute, hour and forty-five minute game. That, uh, you, you, as you point out, 
uh, will cost them uh, tens of thousands of dollars in beer sales <laughs> if they sure. do that. So I don't know where we're headed. I know one thing, the runner on second base is staying. You think so, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah that's staying. Although I did see Manfred said that the rules might be the, to go back to the old because they're still negotiating with the players. But I think the except for the pitchers like Caleb Thielbar, who uh, faced three batters, got them all out, and took the loss, uh, like, you know, because he was still on the mound when the 10th inning started, and they put the runner on the second base and charged it to him. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. So he got the loss. I mean, beyond that, pitchers, I think most people are saying, okay, let's play. Yeah. You know, I, I would do it in the 12th inning, maybe. I mean, I I don't like it, but. Yeah, I like I that. that. That's a good compromise. Starting the twelfth, yeah. I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, uh, something like that. But anyway, the grand old game's got some issues in uh, in uh, the league, and uh, one of those is uh, majors like Rocco and, and Kevin Cash, who won't believe their lying eyes, but they will only believe the spreadsheet <laughs> that they got in front of them. So, well, uh, yeah, it's, it was a good World Series. At least we got baseball here in 2020 more than anything else. It, it was kind of a rocky road, but they, they got it done, that is for sure. Patrick Royce with us from the Star Tribune and from uh, Score North and, and all the other media things that he does down there. And, and speaking of that, you know, it's sports-wise, it's kind of dark here in the upper Midwest, but and, <laughs> and, and, and with the Vikings and with what happened with the Gophers last week. But I don't know if that's the cloud that uh, was Sid no longer with us, but you're the author of his uh, – a book and his autobiography, and you and I both got to work with him. And it, it just—it's a weird thing to think that he's not going to be around press conferences or anything else anymore. And you got to spend a lot of time with him, whether it be the sports show or in the same room at the Star Tribune or whatever it might be. Yeah, it was. I uh, first met him as a copy boy in 1963, and uh, it was—it uh, was. I've always said he's responsible for my work ethic because I was there about a week, a month. And it was a beautiful September day in Prior Lake, and they were having a pasture beer party. And uh, I just couldn't resist. I was supposed to be at the Star Tribune, but I was just, uh, I just moved up from southwest Minnesota and was discovering the delights of beer, you know. And uh, the, oh, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't 18 yet. And I was out at this pasture party, and like six, I'd called in sick to the Star uh, to the Tribune. Uh, I was supposed to work that day, and about five thirty, six o'clock, the farmer, or no, it had to be earlier, maybe 4 in the afternoon, the farmer where we were having the beer party drives out in his truck and says, is Patrick Ricey here? And I said, yes. And he says, you're supposed to call Sid Hartman at the Tribune right now. <laughs> he tracked me down, I don't know how, at a beer pasture party in, <laughs> and right then. A, I never called in sick when I wasn't sick again in my life. And B, every time I saw him, I had to shake my head and say, I never had the guts to ask him, how in the hell did you find me? You know, <laughs> uh, you know it's so funny. I've joked to a lot of people. I don't know who's greeting him first. You know, Mike, the, Mike from Fargo here, the Viking fanatic, used to call the sports hut all the time. Oh, I'm drive him nuts. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, or if it's Dark Star, who's going to greet him first up there? Because uh, uh, He better hope Dark ain't greeting him now. So no. It might be a little warm. Well, that's what I was going to say. But, you know, you and I both knew Dark pretty well, too. 
Dark, he just loved to irritate him, and he would he wouldn't take any of his guff, and it was one of the more funny things ever. I just I I, I just got a kick oh, out yeah. of it. They, uh, you know, they were of course close to the TV show that we did with Maxie. Oh yeah, Maxie, by the way, underrated. He would you know he would throw out stuff like at a party that he was at that. You know, some former Viking, Chuck Foreman's. I was at Chuck Foreman's party, which uh, there was no Chuck Foreman right. party. But but Sid would, could not, the rest of the sports show, all he could ask about was the party at Foreman's. <laughs> and he was stuck in his head that he wasn't invited, you know. Uh, I, I, so Maxie was a great agitator, but he and Dark had the mutual loathing going Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I, I mean, I, I guess in dark because they're just to the irritate him up at the pearly gates. That's for sure. I have a story like that too. One Sunday morning, I was working and Denny Long was on, and uh, it was right after Chris uh, Wanky won, wins the Heisman, right? And so, yes. so, so the sports level comes. You got Dave Mona and, and Sid walk in. And I said. Boy, did you hear our Wanky on with Denny Long this morning? What? He didn't have him on. Oh God, I, I do. I got oh, him yeah. all. I got him yeah. all wound up after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he was. Uh, he was the easiest guy to agitate because he never. He never paused to think that someone might. You know, he never. He never. He reacted to everything instantly. <laughs> he never paused to think this guy might be. You know, making this up. He never. That that never occurred to him because his. His reaction time was like one second. Boom! He was uh, he was on it, and you know, I mean, you you probably have heard him. You you probably go back to when before cell phones when oh yeah for he, sure he would get on the phone and just berate the operators until they'd get him who he wanted. He was unbelievable. I wrote one of the columns I wrote last week. There were several I put in there. Nobody can tell how many. It's an incalculable the number of telephone operators that he convinced to go into another line of work because you know. <laughs> he was so abusive. It was unbelievable yep. and relentless. But uh, I mean, it's amazing. He uh, uh, he was. He, everybody's talking about how he still had a paper in the, still had a column in the paper the morning he died. Uh, he was in Hinder, but he had a, a young man named Jeff Day who uh, ended up writing an ode to Sid. Uh, but Jeff really helped him a lot the last five, six years. Since he broke his hip in 2016, even though he came bouncing back from that, he really slowed down. Yeah, well, I tell you, breaking your hip at 96 and going back to work in a few months, and that was just unheard yeah, well, of. Well, I went back in two weeks. He was at J- PJ's press conference two weeks later when he announced him, and basically he was there so he could guilt him into having to come on his radio show for free every week. <laughs> <laughs> That was just so... Yeah, as you well know, I mean, he's driven for his newspaper column, but there was nothing that drove local PR people and everybody crazier than his demand for guests for the for the yeah. Sunday show. I mean, he would, he would beat these poor guys bloody. I said he, he would... Not only would he not take no for an answer, he wouldn't take I'll try my best for an answer. He wanted a notary, you know, a notarized promise that uh, he was going to have such and such. And he always wanted, you know, he always wanted, he didn't want Nick Puto. He wanted Justin Morneau all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, he was the guy, too. And I got to say, uh, one of my best friends, uh, James Holm, he's, 
he went out with Ed Schultz to work at MSNBC, and and we talked about it a lot. We wanted to get in this business because when we were kids, I mean, Sunday mornings, and you know, of course, up here at KFGO, we carried that. It was kind of that influence and that work ethic and not be afraid to call a guest <laughs> and go after it. We kind of learned from that a little bit, as crazy as that sounds. Oh, yeah. Well, he, I mean, he, he turned that show into, I mean, I go back to, <clears throat> I don't know when it was in the, in the 70s and maybe you're even, even in the early 80s, it was just him and Chuck Lilligren talking for 15 minutes. And then CCO noticed that it had huge ratings, so then they turned it into this uh, this monstrous thing that it was. And it was at one point, the ratings were unbelievable. Uh, now, Sid was a, I'm not, I don't have the greatest voice in the world, but uh, Sid was pretty much unlistenable the last few years. Yeah. So I, I don't really, you had to really be determined, but. Uh, but he was uh, he was still driven at age 100. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, no question. Well, final thing on this, you know, I, I think when you look at it, and it's it's you described when Dark passed away, one of a kind. They'll never be like that. And the same thing with Sid, right? I mean, a, a general manager for a world champion basketball team into a calmness into a radio personality. I worked till he's 100 years old. I just I can't imagine. It, it, it's crazy to think that 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 actually could be possible. Well, I've said, you know, we usually said, ah, he was one of a kind. We can say that about people. But yeah. in Sid's case, I said we go back to when man was walking bent over with a big club in his hand. <laughs> There's never been one like him. I mean, I'm talking about ancient man to today. There's never been one like it. You know? No. And by the way, those ancient men walking bent over with a club, they were more patient than Sid. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, there's no getting around <laughs> he, that. Yeah, he could have never waited for the animal to come no. by so he could hit it over the head to eat it. You know, I, he I, I told the, <laughs> I told the story last week. He was the reason I got to talk to George Steinbrenner over the phone because after oh, yeah. the after they won the 2000 World Series, he had him call in, and of course Sid wasn't there, so I had to I had to navigate through that. Imagine that the owner of the New York Yankees and Sid, and of course part of your job when you're bored up in the Dave Lee show is you had to call him to wake him up in the morning. Then you had yeah. to remind him to put his teeth in. So this is uh, this guy I looked up to here. You got to. This is what I'm doing for him throughout the, uh, the the year of 2000. So, well, my favorite story of all is uh, the uh, he takes he's yeah you know likes you know I've been taking shots at time. We're down there in Tampa for a Viking game. We go to George's hotel because it's a three o'clock kickoff or something, four o'clock kickoff. We go to George's hotel on Sunday morning for breakfast. It's that hotel he's got out there on Clearwater. I mean, on the beach right across from Clearwater. And uh, and we had breakfast, and it's nice, an hour and a half, and George is great, and we're talking. So so it had to be 92 because then I go to the Olympics in Barcelona. I'm covering the Olympics, and that's the year that George was the uh, the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee brought brought George in to give him a little more of an edge to him and figure out what was wrong. And so I run into George at the swimming, and and it's outdoors. And I start BSing with him, and he said, well, "Come on, let's." So we sat in the stands and watched swimming. I think George liked to look at guys in speedos or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, so so I watched an hour and a half of swimming with him on this beautiful day in Barcelona. So about two months later, Sid's screaming at me, you don't even know Steinbrenner on the TV show. You hate Steinbrenner. And I said, you took me to have breakfast with him. 
I said, I saw him in Barcelona. We were at the swimming together. And he says, you went swimming with Steinbrenner? <laughs> so the next week, we get a synchronized swimming. I get some uh, artist at the Star Tribune, and we get a, a synchronized swimming photo, and we, we Photoshop my head and Steinbrenner's head on these switching synchronized swimmers, and then we put it on the TV show the next week saying, Said, here it is, proof that I went swimming with Steinbrenner. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Patrick, thank you so much. All right, sir. I will talk to All you right. very soon. Okay, Derek, goodbye. Patrick Royce with us here, Star Tribune columnist and also a long-time media, KSTP Radio, Score North is what they call it now, and uh, always fun to chat with him, and uh, always fun to have him here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Talking about the Minnesota sports scene, the World Series, his conversation with Jack Morris, and we'll have this podcastable at uh, KFGO.com under the Couch Potato Radio podcast. We got uh, KFGO today coming up here in just a bit, and that'll take you up to coast to coast. I'll be back again tomorrow night. Thanks so much for being with us. This has been Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFGO.